Hey everyone, so really quickly before we start this episode, we have a couple of announcements. The first of all being our Patreon is up, it's active, and you can find it at patreon.com slash Tamika Williams. It was originally a personal Patreon, but we are repurposing it to support the podcast. So there's a tier for the podcast and a tier for the podcast and myself as an artist. I will throw out personal works in progress there if you choose to support me as an artist as well. I will also maybe put up some free 3D assets as I finish them. But that Patreon primarily goes first and foremost to supporting and funding the transcriptions, which do cost time and money. So it would be really helpful if you guys would consider supporting us there. Um, We will put all those links on the hot push on Twitter. The second of all being that the Raylim zine is finally happening. I am a mod on the team. I'm the designer. And those applications are open till January 14th. You can find that at falling for you, a raylimzine.tumblr.com. There is a dash between each word. But again, we will put those links on the hot push on Twitter. And you really can just find it on Tumblr by searching Raylimzine. And it's the only one. But it is happening. And we would really appreciate you applying to be part of the zine. So without further ado, consider all that if you please. And we can get to the episode. Thank you. Hey everyone, this is the Hot Brown Morning Potion Podcast with your host, Tamika and Haley, and we are here with Jesse and Okalia. Uh, say hi, everyone. Hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and he was so kind enough to join us, especially after a little bit of a bumpy start <laughs> on my end. Um, but we are going to get started. Haley, you go. Do your thing. Sure. Uh, so we are first, we had questions about you, and we were wondering, uh, what got you into voice acting and what do you like about it? Oh, geez. Um, fantastic question. Uh, I, I, I think I've said this before at panels and on interviews and stuff, but it, it's always something I find very interesting. My background is martial arts. Like my dad is a grandmaster martial artist and our niece and like I've done martial arts my entire life and I always wanted to be an actor and I wanted to be in action movies. Because, like, I spent my entire life training and I thought, oh, I'm just going to, you know, start auditioning for action movies and I'm going to, like, get blown up and blow stuff up and it'd be super fun. And I went through two years of acting school and started auditioning and no one wanted me for anything. And at the time, my agent (laughs) was – my agent was very good friends with Michael Dobson and was like, hey, Michael has a workshop have you ever thought about doing voiceover? And I thought a little, you know, I loved cartoons growing up. I've always loved cartoons. And I thought, yeah, why, why the fuck not? Let's do it. Let's do the, let's do the thing. And, uh, that was probably, when did I graduate again? That was probably 10, 12 years ago now. And ever since then, I just, I fell in love with the art form. I fell in love with the, with the job, I, I love that, you know, as a stocky 5'3", bald Filipino kid, I can play a six-foot-tall blonde himbo and <laughs> do it well. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I, I, think, I think voiceover is really, like, I think voiceover is really uh, a field of acting where we as actors get an opportunity to really just stretch our wings and act you know we're not we're not judged based on you know if we're blonde or if we're tall or if we've got an eight pack like Mm -hmm. it's just can you do the job and i i love that i love that that's the case you know we're 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 cast on our ability as opposed to really anything else sometimes 
I love that. That's that's great. And I mean, you mentioned uh, the martial art things with martial art thing, which I didn't know about until I was doing some research into, you know, your background and stuff. Um, <laughs> and so you teach it, right? I do. Yeah. Not not super often right now, just because I've been super busy. But in the past, I've taught uh, I've taught capoeira for Grupo Ache Capoeira out of Vancouver. But, you know, they're based in Brazil, of course. Um, I teach Filipino martial arts as well. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been incredibly rewarding and it's, uh, it's just nice to be able to, especially with Filipino martial arts, just to do something to give back to my culture a little. Cause I don't, I don't speak Tagalog. I apparently I did when I was like four and I've lost all of it because of course I have, but, um, it's nice to just have that to like help reconnect with my, with my roots, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that answer because um, I've mentioned that yeah I'm Chamorro. I was actually born and raised in Guam for like 12 years. My mom is native from there, so I'm native from there. So and I don't speak any Chamorro. <laughs> I don't speak any Tagalog because I recently found out that my, un- my, oh, my uncle, my grandfather actually left the Philippines um, when he was a young boy. He was supposed to go get salt and then he jumped on a boat. And so <laughs> that's really how that happened. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. okay. He, yeah, his friends were like, hey, come on, boat's leaving. You know, this was back in, what, the 20s? And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay. So we're just, they just went and they married tomorrow women. And so. Sorry, once. Yeah, no, totally understand. I totally get it. So yeah, I totally get that. And being a, like a very connected to your culture, but also you don't speak it. So it's like, oh, okay. So you kind of have to connect with in other ways. He's dealing with his dog. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I understand. So. Doggo She gets a little barky when she's uh, when she's got uh, anyone at the door in the hallway at all. Oh yeah, my dog does it. <laughs> yeah. For um, those not currently aware, I'm fostering a dog, and it's her last day of foster, so she's uh, she's a little antsy. <laughs> it's okay. She's is being she's trying to be a good doggo. She is. She's being very sweet. Well, I apologize. Carry on. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, I was just saying that. Yeah, I totally get that. Being not speaking your language, and then like you have to connect. You have to find other ways to connect. So I totally absolutely, get absolutely. Totally get it's, that. it's so important, and it's something that you know, a lot of a lot of people don't. Or well, they're starting to they're starting to come come around to it, which is really lovely. But you know, I remember growing up when I was you know a teenager and younger than that and thinking like, you know, oh, I want to be, you know, I want to, you know, eat the, eat white food or, you know, yeah. do like, <laughs> we all, we all had our anime phase. So I was like, oh, oh I yeah, dress like gacked or whatever. And uh, it just, it, it's stuff where, you know, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to reconnect with your culture and to, to find inroads within that it's uh, I just think it's important for anybody with with heritage that they've lost track of you know absolutely Absolutely. um actually that leads into our next question I guess as a Filipino voice actor in the entertainment business how has that affected your journey so far you've talked about it a little bit but is there any like other ways as well um (laughs) it's 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 funny because you know there I've auditioned in my life as as an actor for two roles that were Filipino, like deliberately Filipino. And, you know, I've, I've auditioned for countless projects, but two in specific were Filipino. And one was, one was for this 
dumb, like low budget detective show. And like, <laughs> I knew exactly the character they wanted. He was like the killer of the week, but he was like this really soft spoken, gentle, like immigrant Filipino worker who mm. accidentally kills his best friend because they're fighting oh. a woman. My goodness. <laughs> I know. And like, I'm reading this project and I'm like, okay, I'm Filipino, but like this, this project, like I know they're calling me in because they, I'm Filipino, but mm-hmm. this is distinctly not me. It's <laughs> like, yeah. I could think, and I was like, yeah, this is like my uncle. Maybe this is like, <laughs> <laughs> just in terms of like what they were going for, for the yeah. character. Right? Yeah. And the other one was, uh, God, it was for this this other show. I don't remember what it was, but the character was a 40s to 50s ex-warlord from the Philippines who was, like, on the run from the law. And again, I'm like, uh, I don't know that this is a thing for me. <laughs> That's a lot. It's very heavy. <laughs> I know. And, like, I, I not that I have an issue with playing roles like that, but, mm-hmm. you know, I... I saw the other guys in the room and like there's there's another Filipino actor in town who whenever I'm up against him for roles like that, I'm immediately just like I'll shoot him a message when I get home and be like, hey, Jason, congratulations. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Lo and behold, he got that warlord role. But um, it's 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 a funny thing because like a lot of the auditioning I've done in especially for on camera as I've been doing more has been for like Latinx roles or like um ethnically diverse roles or i get to be like the token choice which is always a great fun for me (laughs) it's not sarcastic but um (laughs) you know it's it's something that as as one of the biggest minorities in north america there really isn't a lot of representation for filipinos and you know we have such a such a big bold diverse culture that's not just you know, that's not just karaoke and lechon. It's it's yeah. like <laughs> there's so much more to us. And, you know, something that uh, I, I mean, to kind of a short answer to your question, I've never once auditioned for anything that was deliberately Filipino on for voiceover. Mm-hmm. Um, I've submitted my reel for a couple of things, but I also don't speak Tagalog. So mm-hmm. I wasn't called back and I don't blame them. But uh, I just I feel like it's something where. The more the more open and the more honest we are about our own cultures and our own backgrounds and our own diversity, the more people understand that we're out here, you know, Absolutely. like, Absolutely. like, you know, the the fact that, you know, uh, Sumali Montana or or Dante Bosco or Eric Bauza are all like openly and loudly Filipino. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. that's massive. Yeah. And I just Absolutely. think it's so important for for people of any any race or background to just, you know, connect. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm mixed myself. I'm um if I don't know if you see the screen, but yeah, I'm black and, and Pacific Islander Filipino, so I always have to like tell people like I'm all of these things, but it's important that you know that I grew up in like Islander culture, which does not have a lot of representation in a lot of things, just indigenous people in general. It's Mm -hmm. like, or there's a, there's a specific stereotype or a way of thinking of us, despite the fact that we adapt to the world, just like everybody else. And, you know, based off our situations in life as individuals and as a group, we just are very 
catering to ourselves as a group just because that's how our culture shaped like so i absolutely get that yeah it's uh I, i just think it's something that's really important that a lot of people do do tend to lose sight of sometimes because you know I, I teach voiceover as well both privately and at schools right now and you know i'll have i'll have guys come in and very white gentlemen of course usually <laughs> who are like oh well you know my buddy harb says i can do a really good uh pakistani accent and i'm mm. like oh oh sweet oh. summer child no <laughs> <I'm> like <"Not." laughs> Oh, God. Imagine being slapped in the face with that every once in a while. You know, every so often. Yeah, I get it. Actually, since you do talk about voice acting, your voice acting coach, because uh, you're a voice acting yeah, coach. Yeah, he's writing. He's, it's like he's like viewing our question sheet or something. Yeah, I like you're know. kind of moving this along. Um, <laughs> what does that entail for you, I guess, besides people thinking, white men thinking they can do Pakistani accents? Well, you know, it's a lot of that. It's really not. Yeah. Um, uh you know, it's it's interesting because like I I mostly teach privately. I'm mostly a private coach just because like I like working around my clients' schedules. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I find really interesting about voiceover is a lot of people who want to be actors but who get like, say, turned away from the industry at large or they feel as though they've been turned away from the industry at large feel like they can prosper in voiceover. And I believe that. I, I think that you know, voiceover is a cool community where what matters is if you can do the job. Mm-hmm. And I really love working with clients and people who who understand that, you know, this is a this is a brand new discipline and no one gives a shit if you're six foot tall, you know? <laughs> they care if you can do the job. Yeah. And for me, what a lot of my coaching entails is uh I, I like to think of it as, you know, I'm I'm here to help people's weaknesses get stronger and to buttress their strengths. You know, if you're already really good at making character voices, that's great. Can you act though? Versus, you know, I sometimes work with theater or film people who are brilliant actors, but they only have their one voice. And that's fine too. You know, you can make a living doing that. Uh, what's his name? Lorenzo music, who is the voice of Garfield, uh, (laughs) made his living doing that voice and then voice matching Bill Murray for cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of like, um, personal exploration. I think, I think acting teaching is, well, acting in general is an incredibly personal, uh, journey. And I think classes, acting classes are always incredible ideas to do, but I think the bulk of the work that's done is very personal and very at home and very exploratory. And I think so much of that needs to be, um, needs to be, you know, a journey you have either by yourself or with, with a coach that you trust to work with and in a safe space where you feel like you can express yourself and be vulnerable. Cause that's kind of the, the core of acting is vulnerability, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, did some silliness, uh, I think, uh, like a week ago of like pretending to be a Sunfire elf oh. because me and Joe were having a lot of fun with that, avoiding homework, of course. Of and course. Yeah, of course, Jason saw it and it was like 20 minutes, so I was not great, but it was fun. 
it was incredibly fun just to be somebody else. It's fun to be mean because I just talked about how disgusting humans were, like for like twenty minutes. Oh but, yeah, no, that's, yeah. So uh, it was like fun. I'd love to, dude. Yeah, I'd love to take a class if nothing else because I don't know how much of an actor I am, but yeah, it seems like a fun thing to do. It really is, and you know, I the the advice I give to really any anybody who wants to act that wants to like either start out or maybe they're like afraid of taking steps in take an improv class like improv i think is one of the most important talents that any actor can develop because it forces you into a situation where you immediately have to adhere to the rules of that universe and you have no fucking clue what's going to happen next <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds like fan fiction actually a it's, bit. it's great you know, and the slightest thing can change the entire scene, and it's it's an exercise in just being accepting of what energy comes your way and using it to make an entertaining scene. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's also significantly less expensive than doing, like, a full-time program anywhere. This is also very helpful because everything college is expensive. Oh, well, yeah, it's a, it's a big old scam. Yeah. And yet, here I am. <laughs> oh, hey, I was there too. I feel you. Yeah. To be fair, I love, actually, I'm a VCD major. I love my professors. I love my program. Um, it's just expensive. Yeah. It's just, but, um, this is the next question. Our next question. Yeah, you, you've hit upon the martial arts part too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. Our next question. We yeah. have like a bunch of like, now we're going to get into the Dragon Prince stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, Haley, I'll let you go with that, since Sora, you love Sword. Yeah, I do. He's been my favorite since pretty much day one. Oh, and, he's, yeah, he's, he, he's such a dream. I, I love playing Soren. Aww. He's so, even in the audition, like, this might come up as a question, but I'll just say real quick. <laughs> in the audition process, I saw Soren as, like, an audition side, and I was like, oh, I got this. This is <laughs> He cracks me up. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I can't stop. Every time we get to that part where it's like butter them up, I lose it. <laughs> I, I reference I lose that a it. lot. <laughs> and then the third season three was like, was it? Hey, is awesome. And it's like, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> no, cracks me up. no, butter butter them up was uh, to the length at which butter them up happened was an improv line for me. Oh my god! Yeah, I did see your Honolulu panel with everybody. I think you guys talked about that where butter them oh, up yeah. was. That was not entirely planned the way it went. It just happens. It just kind of happened. Once in a while, I'll like mutter something under my breath because I'm like playing in the scene with whoever, and <laughs> someone will pop on the talk back and be like, "Hey, uh, Jesse, can you do that again, but louder?" <laughs> I was like, I was like well, "Sure, I mean, of course, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm in. Let's do it." This is this is great um, because yeah, we were gonna ask about how you made Soren the person <laughs> he is today. Yeah. Oh boy, clearly. Help give him some lines. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I can't take credit for it. I just, I just kind of run with it. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm sorry. So the question is, how did I make Soren? Like, like how do you, you help shape made... him into the character? Like, how oh. do you feel like you have? Um, I think, I think so. Uh, this is so. When I first booked the show, when I first got on the show. I had no fucking clue what I was getting into. I was just like, hey, it's a job. I can eat. Hooray. And then <laughs> I went to the first table read and 
I was like, oh, this might be a big deal. And then after the table read, I got an email from uh, from everybody at Wonderstorm saying, uh, hey, Jesse, thank you so much for being a part of the project. Um, we really love what you do, and we really we're thankful for your contributions. If you have any thoughts, reactions, criticisms, uh, notes even on Soren, or if you have any ideas as to where he's going, let us know. Wow. And my mind immediately, because I'm an actor and I'm a little jaded, my mind immediately went to like, oh, they sent this to everybody. This is bullshit. This is... I'm <laughs> and on a whim, I think I was bored one night, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's answer it. So I ended up writing about two, three pages of my thoughts oh on my like... Soren and his relationship with Viorn and Claudia and his relationship to Callum and to the to the kingdom and you know how I like it <laughs> this is going to sound significantly worse than I intended to because Viren is a significantly worse dad but you know the the desire to want to like make your dad proud and like you know be be a really stand up role model for people and just the little hooks that I had that got me into into Soren, mm -hmm. and I I just sent it off into the into the abyss, and I thought you know whatever they're probably not going to read it. I just wasted my time, but I spent an evening, and it's fine. And within an hour, <laughs> I got an email back saying thank you so much for your thoughts. We hadn't even thought of some of these things. This is really wonderful, Jesse. And I thought, oh fuck, they read it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mood. Yeah, That's I know. Like several moods and, on top mm -hmm. of each other. It's like, oh, oh boy. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, you know, I, I've always there's something really, really appealing to me about him because he's such a he really wants to do the right thing, like all the time he wants to do the right thing. He, but he wants to do right by his family too, and like he's he's incredibly earnest and he's incredibly sweet and. You know, he's he's also very good at covering that in the first season or two. Yeah. Yes, that is very true, actually. Like, Haley will tell you, he was not my favorite character in, like, season two. No, that's fair. I was yeah. like, just you wait. Just you wait, Tuna. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, like, you know, my my whole thing was like, did you really just, like, swing on a 10-year-old and a wolf? On the one on one end of that, that's just a terrible moral decision. On the other end of that, that's just a bad idea to swing on a wolf. Like, like you're lucky that Ava like likes humans otherwise she could just tear you up I mean sort like, of does swing on a dragon too so this is true but he redeemed himself look where that got him yeah he's very brave I never yeah. said he was that smart this is true um yeah well, no, say, speaking sorry you go no, ahead I think, you're good. I think you might be asking the question I might answer oh I was gonna say like season three um uh, he definitely redeemed himself a lot. And it was actually really, really funny. I always end up talking about my fix at some point. But in my How to Chain Your Dragon um, alternate universe, I was funny because I had always planned for Soren to end up leaving his family to go ha be with like the Dragon Riders, with ha Callum and Raylan and, and all them, because his dad literally was using him as bait at one point, or allowed him to use as bait for one point. So when I saw season three, I was like, I was right. I was right from the get-go. Like, that's just how that was going to happen. But, no, you did a great job in season three. And actually, I love Sword now, and I'm, like, torn over certain fic decisions now. <laughs> I, I got to say, like, 
we we weren't sure what was going to happen. And every every so often, man, like I would get a message on Facebook from one of the writers that was just like, hey, want to see a sneak peek of next week's episode? And I was like, absolutely, I do. Of course. And one of the ones that they sent me was Soren stabbing Viren. Ooh, oh, yeah. And I immediately was just like, holy shit, what? <laughs> but, 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 but what happened? What happened now? <laughs> you can't just send me that and then they'll give me the I know, context. Because it was just like the little blurb. Like, it didn't even say like, oh, by the way, you oh. know. It was actually fucking moths again. It was. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm just realizing, like, I'm thinking about, like, the moon moths and the butterflies and all that. That's a little bit of a callback, it feels Sorry. like. Always is. To everything, how he hates moths. Like, I hate moths. the moon. You know? And Sorry. then it's like, oh, he's seven minutes moths again. Oh, man, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, it's uh, it, it's really it's really cool and it's really neat that that it's panned out the way it did and i i think that some of my favorite work that i've gotten to do as an actor has been in season three like soren's big game speech in episode eight i think it is Mm -hmm. was really really beautifully written and just it gave me such an opportunity to you know flex my chops and chew on some scenery but also like (laughs) I remember the uh, the record we did for episode nine. Uh, I was doing like the when Soren interrupts Callum and Rayla when they're about to kiss the ding oh, ding ding, ding, ding thing. I completely missed that that was a Rocky reference at first. Oh yeah, <laughs> I might be a little young for that. Honestly, I, 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 that missed me too. We're like, we're I'm like twenty five, so I'm like that. That did actually like go over my head. It went, it went well over my head. And I was just like trying it in all these ways because I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to say this? <laughs> and then uh, Giancarlo pops on the, on the talk back and is like, hey, Jesse, do you remember Rocky? And I was like, oh, I'm being Apollo Creed. Okay. I just got to be, I got to be smooth about this at the end. <laughs> ding, ding. I do like, I do love the way you say it. Yeah. I just wanted to hurt Soren right at that moment though. And be like, what the fuck? I was, I, love, I love him. <laughs> He's like, you couldn't have come in like 60 seconds later? No, there's a battle meeting. It's important. Oh, my God. I'm a huge Raylan fan, so I was like, I'm going to throttle you, dude. (laughs) But I love love the way you did that. Um, And his scene was that. That scene he did say, it was a really good scene. Um, I loved how he talked about it. like, yeah, my, you know, I, I, basically, he loves his dad. I love how he calls him Baron first. And it's like, you know, but he's complicated, but he is a villain. And of course, shout outs to Jason. Oh, Love okay. the dude. I always feel a little bad for when I drag Varen because I know <laughs> I don't want him to take it personally. But it's like, oh yeah, you, you, Varen's kind of a terrible dad this season. Just He's a little not a bit. Great dad this season. He's not getting any dad of the year mugs. Mm-mm, no, no. You kind of, you know, almost. I'm always curious about that scene though, like. Where he's about to tur- he turns Case up into a monster yeah. or whatever he turns him into, and I'm wondering is like did he did he want to kill Soren in that way or did he want to destroy who Soren was or did, what did he want to do in that scene? Did he like want Soren to rise up to his potential? Because I have this theory that he love he genuinely loves Claudia. It's, I think that's clear. He genuinely loves it. Calls her his little girl. I feel like he loves her. Probably first maybe stuff with their mom, I think Aaron and Justin told us, but also like he sees the best of himself in her, 
but he sees his failures in Soren, and I feel like that's maybe what's going on because well, he seems been talking to Jason because that's that that sounds pretty good. <laughs> well, I mean, I do. He's off Twitter for a minute, but I, I, you know, I was next time we talked to him on um, Twitter or on interview, I was like, I gotta run that by his. I feel like. Because he looks back at, at Soren in that, because um, I analyzed the hell out of this. He looks back at Soren like he's angry. And it's like, is that, I, I feel like you wanted him to step up, but is it because you hate him or is it because you wanted him to prove himself? You gave him a chance to prove himself and he <laughs> did it. So he's upset. So I'm like, that scene confuses me, but it's also very fascinating. I think, I think Jason's spoken to this a couple times, but I can, I can weigh in with my two cents on it. I feel like, the relationship between Viren and Soren is like Soren absolutely idolizes his father. Mm-hmm. Soren thinks the world of his dad up to, you know, season three. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, knows that his dad's real smart and probably has the best of best of everyone's interests at heart. And, you know, some could argue that Viren does have everyone's best interests at heart. He's just not good at anything. But, <laughs> More you know, me. with, uh, with how Viren feels about Soren, I I never thought about it the way you just brought it up, and I think that's really fascinating. I think it's I, I almost feel like it's that Viren I think Viren does genuinely love his kids. Mm-hmm. I think he's terrible at it. I think especially with Soren, I think there's such a great divide between what they're interested in, who they are as people. And I think you get those cool moments of, like, trying to bridge the gap a little bit. Yeah. But neither side being smart or willing enough to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I think, uh, man, like, I remember recording that scene with, with Rack and Vincent and Jason. And, like, it's it was so emotional and really, really powerful. And... With the, uh, with, you know, Soren turning away from becoming a fucking fire monster guy. Yeah, whatever that was. <laughs> whatever they are. Um, I think it was, I think it's just, you know, him actually being scared. Like, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah, and you I see what happened to Case of Fingers when that was happening? That was freaking. Oh, boy. There was a couple things, actually, I noticed throughout the season. Well, and as I watched it over and over again, I was, um... <laughs> For one thing, Viren, there are points, and I brought this up to Haley at one point, but there are points where he calls him son. And he calls him son in points where I don't think he's necessarily manipulating. That's just what he calls him because, like, you're my son. So I feel like he does see him as his son. But there's also another point where he genuinely loves Claudia. So it's not like Viren is like Voldemort. I think he's capable of love. He, I think he genuinely does love. Now, I, think, I know you can tell he genuinely loves Claudia. He calls her his little girl. He defends her to Aravos, which he doesn't have to play a face to Aravos. But when it comes to Soren, and I don't know if he necessarily doesn't love him or not, um, but I think for some reason he can't stand Soren, at least to a certain point. Like once he crosses a certain point, it's like there's just he gets he loses it on Soren. Or as yeah. I think Aaron mentioned, it, he there's certain tilts, which I think maybe the story about their mom maybe will give us the details on that. But oh, I want to see I, that story so badly. Like, you have no idea. <laughs> There's a genuine. So curious who their mom yeah. is. I have my head cannons, but I yeah, there's a... like. Holy, I want. I want to meet their mom so bad. But it's it's almost worse that he say he's so hard on Soren and he so seems to can't stand Soren when he genuinely loves Claudia. So he's capable of it. Yeah. He just doesn't give it to Soren. Which for everybody out there, 
there's your angst for the poem for the day. There, that it is. Is. there might be more there coming. Is. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really talk about Soren and his family without angst. This yeah. boy. No, uh, I think it's it's something too that like, especially with a character like Soren, who kind of starts off as comic relief. Yeah. To get to see that he's a well-rounded, like fully functioning person, you know, it's it's so fascinating because we so rarely get to see that in media. This is true. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of comic relief characters that don't really get like um, those layers. And that is definitely sad. And I'm just looking at our questions to see. Did you answer like all of them or any no, of them in that matter? Um, I mean, I was hoping we could ask next. I mean, since it's next on our list. Um, what was your favorite episode yeah. of the saga so far? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, I have a couple. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I think, um, you know, I want to say it's it's less episodes and more moments that mm-hmm. I really, really love. That's fair. Um, I, <laughs> I love any moment between Amaya and Janai. That's, I fucking, I adore those two. Um, as does everybody because they damn well should. Um, They're wonderful. Oh boy, just so great, so great. I I completely forgot that we were told what she's signing to uh, to Callum when Callum first meets Janai, and I'd completely yeah. forgotten it. But for those of you who haven't heard it yet, who are listening, uh, she signs something to the effect of "She thinks I'm cute, but she won't admit it yet." Yeah. And I just, I love that. I, Amaya is my favorite character. Easily. That is valid. That's 100% valid. She um, is a great character. I've gone off topic. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think about um, any, any opportunity where we get to see, we get to see people be kind of weird or kind of goofy is always my favorite. Like, there's that little moment during Viren's speech, right before Viren's speech, where Kasif is like posing all grumpy and mean like he always is. And then Claudia like looks at him and then adopts the same pose. That mm-hmm. is just, that's such a great joke. <laughs> There's actually a part um, in with Kasev and um, I haven't talked about it publicly, but I thought it was funny where he's kind of like weirded out by Claudia and Soren and Viren. And oh, in yeah, my yeah. mind, me and we were talking, me and Joe, and it was like, you know, this really <laughs> reads as a moment of like, of like, what is it? These white people are strange moments. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's... I think that's fair. I think that's I, fair analysis he was a jerk, but I totally like. Okay, you are valid in that one instance because Viren's talking to himself, Thorn is doing whatever, and then Claudia's just like, the vibe here is strange. <laughs> yeah. Like, relate. Yeah, I love him. Uh, what are your reactions to season three? While we are on that topic, my reactions. Yeah. Oh boy. Um. I I truly did not know what to expect. No, neither did you. I know. <laughs> Pardon me just one second. No, you're fine. Um, yeah, I truly didn't know what to expect because, you know, in the, uh, in the process of doing the animation, we don't get to see a lot of the... Um... Pardon me. Give her a toy to distract her for a bit. Um, we don't get to see much of anything. And, you know, when I was at Wonderstorm in February for WonderCon, uh, okay, she has opinions. She does. She's very opinionated about the show. Uh, (laughs) 
when I was at Wonderstorm for for WonderCon, I got to see some of the episodes they were still being done for season three because like like animation takes a really long time, of course, as I'm sure you guys mm-hmm. know. And yeah. like Jason and I were doing retakes for the show mm-hmm. as early as like March of this year. Mm-hmm. Like we still had some retakes to do and Bardell our, our animation studio here, shout outs to them because they're fucking incredible. Yeah. We're still putting fi- finishing touches on on episodes up through August. Like so much was still kind of in flux and just seeing different things was incredible. Like like watching watching the the scene where Thunder dies just oh, yeah. was was so heavy and so emotional. And Terrible. you know, the the giant battle sequence in in episode nine was was amazing like that's that took so much work and so much effort but also like the little moments really really sad with me like you know callum finding the field of adora burrs yes uh you know the little dance sequence they do to get into the silver grove or like everything everything they did with athari was really beautiful like Mm -hmm. it's it's something where you know I, i i think i said this I might have said this on Twitter a while back, but it bears repeating. When season one first came out, um, the actor who played Lou Jane didn't record with us that day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Ava is a wolf, so she wasn't recorded in studio, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the the entire plot line about Ava, Ava, you know, having having three legs was went completely missed by me until I saw the show. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. And then I saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is absolutely beautiful. Why am I not reading? <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple moments like that with the, with this one where, you know, I'm not in some of the episodes with Nyx, so I don't get those scripts. Mm-hmm. And getting to see what Rona does with Nyx is really fucking cool. And she's just, she's so charming. Rona and Nyx be... Uh, I'm sorry, Rona Reese is the voice of Nyx. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I was like, you've you've lost me here slightly, but I'm assuming... <laughs> I was like, is there a person out there named Nyx? I was like... Nothing. I mean, there is. I mean, Nyx is, Nyx is an animator on the show. Oh, yes, yes. yes They're wonderful. I do. But, um, yeah, Rona, Rona Reese, who is the voice of Nyx, just does such magnificent work with that character. And I, I'm just... I'm flabbergasted the entire the entire third season is just massive and and brilliant and i can't say enough nice things like if if i wasn't on the show i'd be watching the show yeah absolutely actually i think um i think this week it said it was like number seven most viewed streamed show like one it was like one of the most streamed i don't know if it was of the month or like pretty much all tv basically it was like it was like super super big deal and everybody everybody's been watching it which is awesome because we want season four boy do um, i have yeah and i i hope that we get honestly i hope we get a video game really soon this year since i think or it's gonna be year. a while <laughs> since season four comes around that's gonna yeah, be kind of tough I, I really hope i really really hope even just after you know poking and prodding a little bit to try and see where people have plans for characters um, I really hope we get the whole saga. Like, I think it's, I think what they have in mind is 
so much bigger than what we've seen already. And that Mm -hmm. concept is astounding to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't also go on without with Renan still being in that coin. I just can't. (laughs) I cannot live like that. Um, But actually a point, and it's a little bit off a tangent, but cracks me up is that um, you know, I'm a huge fan of Raylan, and I know a lot of people are kind of scared that, like, he's like, what if, you know, they break up in the future and all of that? But then I also, we have to sit back and remember that um, Callum jumped off a mountain. Like, <laughs> that's a lifetime commitment. You don't just jump, you don't have a character leap off a mountain, and nobody better take this as an invitation. Um, leap off a mountain, and then just like, oh, later I was like, oh, it just didn't work out, which better not happen. I swear to God, I will come to Wonderstorm. But I just think it's funny. It's like, no, I, I think I, I think he's good. I think they're good. I got to say, speaking speaking to to the Raylam fans out there, um, I I cannot say enough nice things about Jack and Paula and how realistically and like chaotically and awkwardly they do teen teen love and teen romance because it's. I, I just love it. I think they do it so well. There's such, you know, there's such honesty and reality to like, you know, the little, the little like jabs at each other or, mm-hmm. you know, and the artists too, of course, like giving them their little sideways glances and stuff. It's, it's really, really lovely. And yeah, I, I'm excited to see what the future has in store for, for Callum and Rayla. So am I, especially since as of like the very like this, like my like recent like little movement. It's like, okay, listen, Callum, realistically speaking, should actually get some more muscle definition because flying is so hard. (laughs) Haley's just looking at me right now. She's like, listen, hashtag swole Callum, because honestly, if you really think about it, flying is actually not easy for a human being. Like we we weigh a lot. Most of us can barely do a push up. So realistically speaking, like. He should get some definition. I think Rayla would appreciate that. Her and mm-hmm. Renan can probably like both just she'll realize like, oh, that's why Renan likes Athari's biceps. And yeah, <laughs> I took, took a moment to she'll get it. She'll get it. And I'm just like, I'm totally planting that there, you know, for anybody at Wonderstorm who's listening. <laughs> well, it's in the ether now and maybe someone will listen. I was I was like, Well, I already got Soren. He's you know, he's all the muscles I need in the show for me. <laughs> but, oh my lord. But I agree. <laughs> I hope he keeps the stubble. I like it. She does not like the stubble. She doesn't I like, like it. it. I think it's cute. I don't mind it. I think I just think it was what if he grew like a full beard? You know, what if he got full on, you know, like a I mean I'm distinguished into that. beard. I think that'd be great. That'd be awesome. That's like and he would let's be real, he would like be he would groom the shit out of that thing. He would oh, just boy. it'd be his He would go like baby. He'd go like full fucking like Jon Snow hair and Oh beard. my god, yes. So yes. wonderful. I'm into Wonder- it. Wonderstorm, just come on, just contact me. I will help you. <laughs> I know what fans want. Come on, I would love that. And then you can I really now want like a, a meme thing where somebody says, You know nothing, you know? You know nothing, Storm. It's like <laughs> it's like, please, please put that in there. Um oh, I forgot what our next question was. I think it was oh yeah, it's like if you could have changed any of Soren's interactions with a character, which would you pick? Oh boy. That was handy. Um God, that's a that's a real good question. I Huh. I, I almost feel like I would I would love to have seen more interaction between Soren and Harrow. 
like you know as the as the head of the crown guard it stands to reason he would have had some dealings with the crown so yeah. i think it would have been really cool to just kind of see how he reacts to to that it would have been neat to see even like cuz he he says he says as much in in the last episode of season 3 where he's like you know i was jealous of you know the way you know you what you and your dad had and all that mm-hmm. and i would have liked to see some of that yeah you know i think that would have been neat yeah i um, think the, the only curtail with the show is that like it's got only 9 episodes and yeah. there's a lot of things i'd love to see like little details like that cuz like i think that Harrow, in his own way, even as a maybe a pseudo-father figure, maybe Harrow, you know, was important to him. Absolutely. I mean, beyond beyond the fact that, you know, he's king, he's also clearly a really good dad. Yeah. And I would have I would have liked to see Soren interact with him a bit more. I mean, that's not out of the question necessarily, but you know, it'd be it'd be neat to see, even in like, you know, maybe comic or book form or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, you can ask the next question. Sure. <laughs> so, I want to know what you like about Soren. I know you said a lot already, but do you have anything else? <laughs> <laughs> um, like, like in terms of a character, or like, I, hmm, I, hey, so, bro. yeah. There's, there's a lot I like about him. I, I tell, I've told people at panels that like, there's, there's a lot of me in my portrayal of Soren. There's a lot of me in there, and. You know, I one of my students in class the other day who watches the show asked me about Soren, and I was like, because they were like, you know, oh, we can't tell the difference, like when you're teaching or when you're Soren, and I'm like, oh god, what have I done? But I I feel like Soren is Soren is like me, but if he if I were dumber and a little more earnest, like he I love that he means so well. I love that he. He's so devoted to his family and devoted to the people he cares about. But he also has a very strong moral compass. You know, he's he's not willing to go along with Viren's many shenanigans. And, you know, he, he knows when to say no. He knows when to put his foot down. And I think that's I think that's really cool. You know, it's it's not what I expected going into the character. And I I love that. I love that the team consistently has surprised me with his growth. Yeah, he he is. Like I said, I didn't care for him in season two, but in season three, I am now very attached to him. <laughs> um, lovingly, actually, in my How to Train Your Dragon EU, his dragon, Obvious, is totally like kind of like him because he's like, he means well. He's just kind of dumb, but he loves Soren, so they really work <laughs> together very well. So you I know, love that. Even- the more I think about it, because like I've said this, I think I said this in Hawaii, but mm-hmm. I don't think Soren's stupid. No, like, I no. think he's I think he's a little dumb, but I think the the he's worst part dense. of it is he's, he's very <laughs> reckless. <laughs> yeah, he's very dense. Like stuff just kind of like yeah misses he's, him. But he's, he's actually emotionally very intelligent. I think he's he's pretty he's pretty intelligent. Mm-hmm. He's just like. You know he's he's reckless. He'll he'll charge headlong into battle with a dragon because he sees it threatening a city, and like I don't I don't blame him. If I saw a dragon threatening my city, I'd be like, what are we what are we gonna do about it? <laughs> it's like fire at it apparently. <laughs> well, yeah, with the with a griffin eye, so it hits. So it hits, which he did blame, call it not blame, but he did like 
drag Claudia slightly for having that. It's like, why do you just have that? Which is like, you know, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Well, like, I mean, I- something something I noticed in uh, in three that I think is really cool that I haven't seen a lot of a lot of chatter about, um, but I think is always worth bringing up mm-hmm. is uh, in the episode where I think it Thunderfell where Thunder dies. Um, Viren just casually mentions that Claudia procured a unicorn horn. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, just casually. I know, just yeah, casually. actually, like, that was a point. That whole sequence actually was like, weird for me. Yeah, like 15 or, I mean, it's our, yeah. yeah, yeah she's like 15. 15. How and the hell did you get that? murdered a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> so, and actually, that whole scene kind of cracked me up, and I wish kind of sort had been there for that, because... Again, Jason, I love you. You are an awesome. So I'm not forgive me for dragging him, but um, Viren literally just like he holds he when Sarai's dying, he just pulls out a jar and like gets her last breath as she's dying. Of course, her body didn't make it back, which I don't blame him for. But like he think about the fact that he shelved that breath for nine years and obviously did not tell Hera about it, and then he presents to present it to her her widowed husband nine weeks later, like. Who does that? Who does that? <laughs> but um, if Soren had I, been there, he probably would have been like, "Dad, <laughs> this bra. What is this?" <laughs> hey, Dad, I opened that jar you have. <laughs> he probably would have, to be honest. Yeah. I needed a cup. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I think something that's really. That I, I think Jay's said this about Viren before, but I think it's really fascinating that that it's he puts it this way because I, I see it as this way entirely. Viren is a man who is so deeply determined to get to do what he thinks is right that he will often miss what is directly in front of him mm-hmm. because he's thinking about like the next couple of steps. Yeah, he can't, he can't see um the forest through the trees. And it's like yeah. he's very tunnel visioned and I feel like that has detrimented his relationship more so with his son and his daughter because Claudia kind of thinks the same way like I feel like this was talked about a lot but Claudia like it's very interesting how some social things miss her not social but I think like as far as like because of dark magic some stuff just misses her like the fact that Hera of course would not be exactly keen on the idea of switching his soul with somebody else and she doesn't understand why he wouldn't want to do that if it means living because it's like well that's a very horrific thing to go through versus i think soren would actually 100 percent understand um why Hera wouldn't do that because like in season three we see he's scared he doesn't want to be somebody he doesn't want to become he doesn't want to like, get into that dark magic mumbo jumbo like yeah you guys do it but i don't really want to like that in my bloodstream no thanks yeah i mean i don't i don't think he trusts magic yeah I think he he understands it exists and like it's there and that's fine, but he would much rather rely on like his own ingenuity or like mm-hmm. whatever whatever like engineering feats have come around like crossbows say, than mm-hmm. um, than you know just trusting magic to do something. Yeah, he's actually you know that thinks he's a little bit like a Maya in a way I think because he's very straightforward. You know, and I kind of now that I'm like in my hand forming, that would make a really good. It'd be so nice if Amaya like apprenticed him. I don't know if she already ha- like does did that or you know mentor him a little bit. That you know, would that'd be, be so nice. I mean, I would assume because it it kind of comes up in the in the lore mm-hmm. that um, Sarai and Amaya trained all the troops of Catalas. Yeah. 
it only stands to reason that Amaya and Sarai would have trained Soren at least a little. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I love I love all the people have been making jokes or like pictures about them adopting Janai and adopting Soren. Somebody has to. Yeah, Somebody. right. I mean, I think oh. he's legally an adult, so well, <laughs> it'd be tricky. This is but, true. you know, like morally adopting him. It's like you're mine now. Um, yeah. So, oh, I get I get lost in these questions because we yeah. we answer a lot well, of we were, them. I mean, I was just gonna ask. Uh, yeah, maybe, is there anything you don't like about Soren that you would like to talk about? <laughs> um, I hmm, I I wish he. I wish he was a little more introspective towards the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he gets there. Like it's it's neat because I absolutely had some had some critiques and criticisms, but they were all wound up by season three. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, I, I, I don't. I I guess I don't really because even in even in his like dumber, <laughs> darker moments, <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. She's a, she's a rescue, and she does not like the outside world, and she can hear birds outside. I think. Uh, it's okay. Outside yeah, world is hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. She gets it. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I think, I think with Soren, you know, he he goes through a lot of the same stuff that a lot of people do, and a lot of everyone in the show does as well. You know, we all, they all struggle with their own issues and their own problems and i appreciate that the that the team has been so thoughtful as to um as as to really write him like that you know that yeah he's you know this big dumb bully jock up top but he has this very rich internal life that starts to bleed through in the second season and then you know kind of takes over entirely in the third absolutely i agree I think that, yeah, a lot of the stuff about him that was maybe majorly negative were wrapped up in season three. Because, um, yeah, that was my yeah. thing. My thing was just season two. And granted, I have more of an, an uh, disclaimer that I Rack is Raquel is a wonderful voice actor. I've never met her, but she's funny. So I don't want anybody <laughs> taking I always don't want people to take it personally when I say, like, I like dragging certain characters. Like, I love dragging Claudia a little bit. That's I fair. do. It's fun. It's good. It's fun, and she's made some very questionable decision, and Callum made my favorite character. It's like, you hurt my boy, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I really appreciated that Soren um, apologized to um, Callum because he was a bully to him and a stepfriend, even though I think it was obvious what it why, and I think that in the long run, um, Callum does appreciate it, even though he doesn't know how to like be emotional with Soren. It's like, yeah, you're kind of like my brother. What are we doing? Can you put me down now? Yeah. I I love that moment. I didn't I didn't see that coming, and yeah, I thought okay. it was really beautiful the way, especially the way Soren apologizes because it's still a very Soren apology. <laughs> like it's uh it it's it's a really sweet moment, and I like the uh, I I like the opportunity to kind of you know act across from Jack and not have it be like all wisecracks, you know? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. You know, there's a depth there, the depth of the relationship there. I wouldn't say, yeah, it's not like a, it wasn't like a self-centered apology. It was definitely an apology, but it was like a sore apology. Yeah. The way he kind of rounds, it rounds back to himself in not a terrible way. It's not like how, 
in season two, he thinks Rayla's into him, which is so not the case. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which now that Rayla and Callum are together, it's like, oh, I'd love for Callum to know about that. And I just want to see. All. I'm, I'm a very reactionary person. I love seeing everybody's reactions to other yeah. to, every, to characters' things. So, Thorne is a yeah, very so good driver of those things. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's I think it's neat when we get to see sides of characters that we don't normally get to see. Like, yeah. you know, when Soren gets to be real introspective or have a moment where he's, like, talking real earnestly to somebody. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I love, I love any instance where Viren gets to react to Soren, Soren and Claudia joking. <laughs> yes. That actually, I think, is a very genuine moment between them because it's the one where it's, like, Viren is like, these are my children. Yep. These are my children. These are my children. And he's just reminding himself. <laughs> because... Yeah. Both Claudia and and Soren like really just test the hell out of his patience. <laughs> oh boy, I I fucking love Jason's delivery of you know he is my yes he is my little bug pal. Uh, yes, I know that was so fucking cute. wonderful, Jay. He was like, yes, yes, just whatever you want to call it. I feel like we've all felt that level of exasperation with another person. Oh boy, have we ever. <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. Um, this is a longer question. This is a longer question, but what are your opinions or thoughts on Claudia and Baron's actions and thoughts? How will Soren, how Soren will deal with all of this, including the fact that he made the decision to kill Viren, disregarding the fact that it didn't kill him? Um, yeah, no, I agree, girl. Um... <laughs> I, I think this is something that I've given a lot of thought to because I genuinely don't know. Um, I think I, I think Soren has a has a lot of shit he's going through with this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he just he he stabbed his dad, and that yeah. probably <laughs> fucked him up a little. And you know, he his sister, who he loves more than anything else in the fucking universe decided to run away and create a zombie army with with his dad <laughs> yeah that's that's tough actually um actually there's a scene right after he stabs her and you know it kind of messed me up to watch that but um um it was like oh did something happen oh oh no okay my bad um kind of messed me up to see that the way she looked at him like it was like smirking when she realized that she got him yeah oh, okay. yeah. yeah i didn't see that coming Boy, that was uh, that was rough. That was hurtful. I think, I think something that's gonna have to come up later on too is, you know, Soren's loyalties. Like he's mm-hmm. deeply loyal to the crown and to his position and to making sure that everyone's safe. But he's mm-hmm. also deeply loyal to Claudia. Yeah. Not Viren necessarily, but Claudia for Claudia. sure. Claudia. Yeah, and that's harder. Rack has said this. I think she said this on the animation station interview we did. But like, I think. I, I think it's going to, I would love to see at least that Soren be the one to bring Claudia back mm-hmm. from the brink, but I don't know how long it will take. <laughs> yeah. Claudia's, I feel like is a bit of a toss up right now. Like Claudia's you don't know if she's going to get redeemed or not. Like, I think that it's been pointed out by a lot of people that at the end, I think she killed a person to bring Baron back. You can see the boot at the very end in the back of the cave. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you wonder, and I feel like that is different than what Rayla, if Rayla had done it as like an assassin thing, because there is a love, there's a different context there, whereas Rayla is an assassin. There is a cultural thing here. It's, and it's also not for the sake of like dark magic. And there's some different cultural and moral things here. 
but Claudia killed another person who may or may not have been dying to bring her dad back. And there's some there's some corruptness there. And I think Soren's definitely gonna have to dig in really deep because I think she is going down a very, very dark path. An Azula path, if we may. <laughs> if we well, may. As one might call it, yeah. <laughs> Azula. I know, doggo. I know. We know. <laughs> <laughs> I love how timed that was. <laughs> that time perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the next question was a kickoff to that. How do you think killing Varen has affected his relationship with Claudia, which you've kind of talked about? Um, is it for all intents and purposes severed? I I don't think it's severed necessarily. I don't think I don't think that would sever their relationship. Mm-hmm. I do think I do think it would fuck their relationship up <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I don't think it I don't think it severs it. I think it I think it might have Yeah, no, I know, I know. You're in bad. <laughs> um, I think uh I think it's in part that Claudia may have finally come to understand how much Viren fucked Soren up. Mm-hmm. I think that might be an interesting look at it. Um, I think in Soren's case, like, I love that he drops his sword after and he's just like, I didn't, I had no clue. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a really beautiful moment where he's just like, oh, shit, this is reality. This is what's happening. And, you know, I think I think it's going to take a lot of a lot of Zadian therapy to get through. <laughs> Zadian therapy. I love how we go Zadian therapy. Just not even therapy. No, there's needs Zadian therapy. Yeah. The advanced yeah. therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly think that sometime in between this show, and it's probably going to be Claudia, but someone is going to have a breakdown. Someone is going to do an Azula. Someone's going to have that, that breakdown we've been watching. Um, I think with Claudia, it's all the more tragic because we see it versus Azula, who she was already kind of like there. But yeah. with Claudia, we saw her at a stage where she was maybe not perfect, maybe not kind of fucked up a little bit, but she wasn't, you know, like going, she wasn't yeeting down this path of dark magic. And now she's like, oh, we've come from season one to season three where you've killed somebody probably to bring your father back mm-hmm. with a with a worm in a cocoon in the back of a cave that you are now probably living in. Like, this is a lot. <laughs> Lots Life going on. is different. Lots happening. Yeah, life is different. Hmm. Life is different. Um, so before we get to the Soren interview questions, Haley, did you have anything you wanted to add or ask him? Um, I was, I guess I was wondering, was there a point when, like, you kind of started getting into, like, doing the Dragon Prince stuff that you're like, oh, this is going to be, like, there's going to be a fandom for this, there's going to be, like, a, a big, this is going to be a big deal? Like, because, I mean, uh. some shows just, like, never really take off with fandom so how is that for you uh wow that's a great question i so i remember very distinctly uh she's about to bark and i can feel it she's a tiny little dog and i'm holding her she's like i'm about to go it's gonna happen no we're good okay um i i remember when I first auditioned for it, like I said, I was like, oh, great, I can eat. This is fine. And in Vancouver, we don't really get shows like this very often, if at all. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is a massive deal for Vancouver's animation industry, mm-hmm. for the voiceover community. Yes, I know. <sighs> and uh, I think it's it, it was one of those things where, like, I had no fucking clue what I was getting into. And then I I started Googling and I was like, oh, shit. What is, oh no, 
this is big. Oh no! And oh, this was this was like before the uh, before the very first uh, table read, where you know, like I googled everyone and I was like, oh boy, oh boy, this is a this is gonna be a thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then um, probably like so. I, I, I'm vocal about it, but it bears repeating. Like I deal with, I deal with anxiety and depression and like mm-hmm. all these things. And I remember the night before the first season aired, I was just up all night. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I was just like, man, I hope this is good. I hope people like this. <laughs> and like I, I never do I never do like the stay up till midnight and binge a thing, even if I'm really excited for it. I like <laughs> sleep a lot. <laughs> and you know, I I remember like my, my partner went to bed and I I was up till three in the morning watching the show, just going like, Oh, oh good, it's good. Oh I hope this episode <laughs> Okay, it's so good. <laughs> that's that's yeah. fair. That's valid. And I've had moments like that throughout uh throughout the show itself mm-hmm. where like you know seeing how people would react to you know soren getting paralyzed or how people would react to you know soren stabbing viren <laughs> where i'm just like oh god i hope they like it but at at the heart i know that this is i know i know the quality of the work speaks for itself and I don't, I don't mean me. I mean like you know the quality that Wonderstorm and Bardell and mm-hmm. all of us and that are acting and all of the animators and you know everybody's put out like it's the quality is so high and everybody's firing on all cylinders. And I think there's been kind of an understanding with most of us that you know we're we're involved in something that's pretty special, and we wanna we wanna give. We want to give it everything it deserves. And, you know, the the fan response has been overwhelming and terrifying at times. And it's it's something that, like, I'm incredibly thankful for. But, you know, again, being a working actor in Vancouver, it's not something you ever expect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and thank you for sharing that, talking, saying that, you know, you deal with depression and anxiety. I think that a lot of people do kind of need to hear that from people like they really admire. I know myself, I like just what Tuesday at a final, I stood up in front of my class and I told them all about me doing therapy stuff. And I'm an open person. I don't mind telling people how I feel, but showing your emotions in front of other people is a totally different matter. And oh, so... Sure. Yeah, and so standing up and then you were learning that everybody else deals with this thing. Yeah. And yeah, and especially when you're a worker or some kind of artist, an actor, an artist, you feel like, especially I know myself, I have to go the first, third, third second, third extra mile or I don't deserve it. So I think that when the more we open up about that and tell people that, hey, you know, I go through this thing, it allows everybody to be like, wow, this person I really admire also goes through a similar thing. So maybe I can like be okay too, that kind of thing. So appreciate that, especially as... um people of color because i feel like we still struggle as people of color to really co- like do the whole uh mental health therapy thing because we oh, like boy, we're, do we. we don't we just like as a black person and then also as an asian person um and pacific asian but we just don't do that like we do that but it's really difficult to get especially you know like filipinos tend to be catholic most oh, of the God, time yeah. and i'm catholic so it's just one of those things where it's like there's it you get tired <laughs> it's like yeah can i 
it's a it's a it's a it's very exhausting it really is because there's a lot of layers um and this, and for any pacific asian or asian fans out there there you know you were totally valid it's a lot of layers when you come from that kind of culture where you're not supposed to concentrate on yourself you're supposed to like you know everything's for the good of the group for the good of the family so yeah. you struggle especially and then when you come to the states or to canada moose land you know um, um yeah there's a different culture there so thank you for sharing that because i think that i really i want to advocate for people to talk about that so that they know that they can get through it well i just think it's something that you know especially as a as a semi-public figure mm-hmm. like it's it's very easy for people to forget that you know we we're people yeah. we have feelings and thoughts and certainly like i I think I've said this on Twitter as well, but like I read just about every piece of every note that comes in or people's reactions, mm-hmm. especially like my Instagram stories and stuff. I don't mm-hmm. respond to any of them usually because, mm-hmm. you know, I like to keep a bit of a professional barrier. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's uh, I am really touched by the amount of people who've sent me their stories about, you know, oh, um, you know, thank you so much for being a part of the show. It's had this impact on me or you know, thank you so much for speaking about your mental health because it gave mm-hmm. me the courage to talk about mine. And like, yeah. that's all incredibly beautiful and incredibly important. And, you know, it's something that is very easy to forget when we develop, you know, parasocial relationships with people that we, you know, know because they do a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm not I'm not nearly as famous as you are, but I'm low key experiencing that a little bit now, and I will occasionally get like people projecting slightly onto me, like that I've said something or that it uh, sometimes again sometimes it's bad, but you get these things where some people some people like project, and Bailey probably gets this too because she's way more famous than I am, but like <laughs> you get people kind of projecting onto you slightly, and sometimes it's cool, and sometimes it's not. <laughs> Oh, sure. You know, there's a, a, there's, there's a great documentary series on YouTube by by Shannon Strucci. I think it's like Strucci Films is the channel uh, called Parasocial Parasocial Relationships and You, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a two part thing. Each one's quite long. So, you mm-hmm. know, take them at your speed. But mm-hmm. it goes into the, the phenomenon that we have right now of of a lot of people being really invested in people they don't know you know like it's and it's not a bad thing necessarily but it's something to just be aware of and yes understand that you know we all go through our shit don't we girl yeah there is is a balance which i totally will check that out uh because that's Mm -hmm. that sounds very interesting um well, first of all, you are a wonderful person to converse with uh, before we get into the story. Thank thing. you. Very much. Yeah, this has been so easy. I don't even think I'm going to have to cut much at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are going to do these questions for Soren. Yeah. Um, Haley, did you want to go first or me? Since uh, these are the canon questions and we have the modern AU questions. So, which... so are you there, Soren? Yeah. Yo, hey, what's up? Hey, Soren. Hey. You can go first. Okay. Um, first question that we have for you. First of all, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. How do you like your hot brown morning potion? I know your sister basically invented that. So how's that been? Well, you know, first time I had it, it was black, which was which was great. It just you know woke me up a little bit. My eyes got real wide, and my head got <laughs> real fuzzy for a little while. So mm-hmm. I started cutting it with like a little bit of milk and some sugar, and that seems to be the way that it that it hits me without you know letting me crash an hour later. 
Agreed. Agreed. I don't like the. I don't like it. I think the way your dad likes it. I like it with hot brown morning potion with mostly sugar. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the way to go. Mm-hmm. I agree on that. Um, Haley. So if you're able to tell us, or if you have like a real reason, why have you never really been fond of dark magic? You know, compared to your sister. You know, I just think like magic is magic's like the easy way you know like you could go you can go to the gym and you can buff up and you can lift weights and swing swords and you can get real powerful like that or you know you can crush a spider and make some fire like what what's easier right that's true that's very true i don't really like spiders so i don't really want to crush them either um I know things are a bit rough with your sister. I'm sorry about that. Um, but what is your favorite thing about her? I think I think my favorite thing about Claude's is that she's she's always there for me. She's always she always makes me laugh and I always make her laugh. And uh I I like that she just wants us all to be okay. Um, yeah siblings you know it's great but, yeah but you know as, as siblings did you guys fight a lot as kids i mean i don't think we fought i mean we we play pranks on each other mm. but you know anytime anytime you know that anytime callum would like you know try and give her a flower or whatever i'd be like hey cut it out <laughs> and slap the flower out of his hand oh my god but, you know we're cool now but you know when i was when we were 12 it was different Oh, poor Callum. Um, so, what is your favorite thing about being a crown guard? You know, it's nice to have a schedule. It's nice to wake up and be like, you know, 5 a.m., get up, do some push-ups. 6 a.m., keep doing those push-ups. 7 a.m., breakfast time. Lots of <laughs> You know, it's nice, to, it's nice to have that schedule, and it's nice to know you're doing something good for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Lots of bread. So you love bread? Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. People. Weird people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you kind of you kind of answered this one, but how did you get so fit? You know, it's, it's just a matter of dedication and training and waking up every morning and going on a jog around the around the castle tower wall thingies, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh just really committing to yourself and making sure that you feel good for you. So you like being swole. So you, you like oh, the swole. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Except when I get stuck in cracks. Oh goodness. Happens well, a lot. Now that you and Calum are cool, can you help him? The boy needs help. Like help him with his flying. You know. I tried. I tried giving him a workout routine, but he was just like, <laughs> "No, it's fine. I'm just gonna be cool with magic." And I was like, "You gotta be strong, man. What happens <laughs> if like someone throws a rock at you again?" it's okay i think the flying will help um so speaking of callum so as you know callum is in a relationship with the elven girl rayla what boyfriend or relationship advice might you give him hmm okay so i fought i fought rayla a couple times right which is Mm -hmm. pretty tough yes it's true and i would tell callum just give her what she wants that's a good advice, actually. Yeah. Just give her what she wants. Just I think he's going to do want. that anything. You're anyway. A, he, he's small, and he's not very strong, as we've said. And I think <laughs> Rayla could dropkick him if she wanted to. 
How do you think he'd feel about taking that advice? <laughs> he'd probably, you know, do the thing that he does where he's just like, okay, Soren, that's nice, and then walk off or keep drawing. And I'll just be like, hey, did, did you hear me? Because I was talking about how, how your girlfriend could kick your ass. No, I know. I know. It's fine. It's one of the dogs from the castle. And, uh, you know, he'd just be like, yeah, I know, but she's not going to kick my ass. And I'm like, yeah, no, but she can, though. It's not if she will. It's that she can. This is true. This is true. Maybe they'll start sparring one day and he needs to know how to be ready for that. That's exactly. true. You know what? You need to continue trying to help him. He's got to learn not to sweep the leg. This is true. This is, or at least. Did, yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, Haley. Yeah, but speaking of elves, our last question for you in this current Dragon Prince universe is: um, If you were a kind of elf, what type of elf do you think you would be from the ones that we've seen so far? Oh man, there's the cool, sparkly ones. Mm-hmm. No, no, those ones are cool. It's okay. There's the uh, uh, there's the the see through ones. Those ones aren't great. Uh, <laughs> I think I think like. The red sparkly ones are pretty cool. Uh, I know they're all kind of sparkly, but like the red sparkly ones are real cool. Um, awesome. I don't know much about the other guys yet, but yeah. when That's I do, good. we'll find mm-hmm. out. But I think it's I think it's the the sparkly ones, the red sparkly <laughs> oh, ones, the red. not the blue sparkly. <laughs> Thank ones. Thank you for narrowing that down. <laughs> the sparkly ones. All right. So we have uh, let's try and go do what you have to do to get into uh, modern Zadia. And our first question for you that is not on here, but I'm going to ask because I have a friend who's going to drop kick me, um, is, so, you just started going to Zadia State High. How, I know things are different there. They have, like, knife-throwing classes. You know, things is just a little different, especially versus the human kingdom. And they have this thing called astrophysics. How is that? I hear you're not, I hear nobody's really doing that well in that class, but how are you doing in that class? I mean, I was there for, like, a day but then coach was like, you should transfer into geology because then you can just graduate easy. This is true. Yeah, I called the rocks for jocks. So I was just like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, that's fair. You need to graduate. That's important. Mm-hmm. Stay in school. Um, what's your favorite kind of music that maybe your dad hates? I mean, dad hates any music that's not, you know, the old time stuff like like Steely Dan or, you know, the. <laughs> The other ones, the other ones he likes with the old guys that walk around. Me, <laughs> I like the new stuff, you know? I like, I like, you know, I like a bit of, like, cool rock, you know, like the cool new rock. Um, I uh, I mean, don't tell anybody, but I like Carly Rae Jepsen. I think she's cool. I think she's got some good stuff. That's okay. We won't tell anybody. Yeah. yeah. So, not saying that you ever throw parties without your dad's permission, but what does your ideal party look like if you were to do so? I mean, I feel like the ideal party is going to be everybody that shows up. We'll get all the we'll get all the cool kids in, and we'll have somebody at the door, right? Somebody at the door just being like, "Hey, no Callum's allowed." <laughs> but we'll already have like Callum Winthrop from from Geo. So if Callum shows up, we'll be like, "No, we already got one." So no Callums, plural. Oh my goodness, poor Callum. He'll probably find a way in though. He's got, he's got Rayla, who I think is. I think you guys kind of have a bit of a sport rivalry going on there. So I think she'll be able to probably sneak past you guys. Yeah, no, she's on the soccer team. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Uh, speaking of sports, what sport do you play? I'm a little bit of everything. You know, I'm QB on the football team right now. 
I, uh, I was trying to get them into rugby here, but that wasn't happening. It's a little more rough and tumble, more my game. Uh, you know, I play a little baseball, like swinging stuff around. Uh, what else do we got? What else does the school offer? What um, else does the school offer? I'm in. Let's do, do you it. Have, uh, <laughs> they have that uh, Assassin Varsity. That, um, I think that at Zadia, say hi, they do, like, you know, for elves, because they, and so it's a really big elven score, especially with the Moonshot Elves. That's no, the one I know. Rayla's on. Too sticky? Too sticky? Too sneaky. Not my oh, thing. Oh, too sneaky? Uh, well, Rayla's a part of that. I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Sounds knife throwing. They have knife throwing? Uh, you know, knife throwing them's okay, but <laughs> why not just learn how to swing them? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a soul. But that's fair. Yeah, it's a big knife. Mm-hmm. It's got a point. Good point. That's, that's a good point. Um, what's, uh, do you have a favorite design brand? Designer brand, I guess? Oh. You know, I'm not like huge into labels or anything. Because, you know... I just like wearing my varsity jacket a lot. You know, I like uh, throwing a nice tee underneath, show my pride for the team. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of into Bape right now. Like, Bathing Ape's pretty cool. Um, I like their I like their mascot. He's like a cute little monkey guy. That's pretty fun. Um, do you play video games? Uh, you know, I do a little bit of video games. You know, I like to I like the Call of Duty. I like Fortnite. I like, uh, what else am I into right now? I used to play Overwatch, but then it started getting like real crowded, so I'm less into it right now. It's fair. But I might pick up Overwatch 2 when it drops. Same. I might pick up Overwatch 2 as well. I'm very excited for that. Um, Haley, you can yeah, ask him so the last question. Our final question is, well, probably our final question is, what are you planning on doing on New Year's Eve since it's coming up? New Year's Eve? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I might just like go to a party or I might, you know, stay at home in my room and write some real deep introspective poetry about how I feel about my life. But mostly the party one, probably. Yeah. Maybe the introspective poetry can happen after the partying. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You uh, said anything about poetry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. But... Thank you very much, Soren. We appreciate that. You have been a gracious uh, guest. Oh, no problem. All right, go play your varsity. <laughs> Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that was a good time. That was a good time. I love how you're asking where it's like, oh, what sports do they have? And I'm just throwing out Assassin Varsity, you know, knife throwing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a realist sport. <laughs> yeah, that's a realist sport. Um, yeah, I think Ian Hendry mentioned that last week, so I was like, oh, great. Assassin Varsity. They totally have that score. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that sounds like an Ian option. Yeah. Um, do you have any questions for us? Because that's all our questions. Um, no, not really, but <laughs> I thank you very much for, for reaching out and for giving me an opportunity to talk to y'all and talk to the fans and mm-hmm. also to, you know, share a bunch of my own bullshit headcans. <laughs> yeah, Those are great. Absolutely. Well, guys, um, this has been uh, Jesse and Okalia, and he's been a super gracious host, and we are going to end our podcast here. Keep an eye out for everything. I don't think we have any more interviews coming up as of right now. Um, we are trying to get those things straightened out, 
Yeah, um, and this, some people we can ask. We can. Try yeah, there, we have a list. We have a list. We also want to ask some people from Bardell. We want to ask some people, some of the character designers. I think we can perhaps get them. So um, keep an eye look out for that. We'll announce those things. Um, if any of those things happen, like it did with Devin's interview, then we will do an extra recording and add that on. So Jesse, if you want to give us an out. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me, guys. Um, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. It's at J in Ocalia. It's just my first initial and last name. And uh, thank you so much for watching the show, and I hope you continue to in days to come. Well, thanks for joining us, and bye, everyone.